welcome to the Open Doors podcast. This is John Creasy, pastor of the Open Door Church and director of Garfield Community Farm. It is the fourth Sunday in Advent. Well, today's Monday, so we're releasing the podcast from our fourth Sunday in Advent uh, worship gathering, which we have on Zoom each week um, as a community. This week, we are going to hear from Reverend Lee Scott. Lee is the parish associate of the Open Door, meaning he's a volunteer but ordained uh, pastor uh, who helps with all sorts of different things um, having to do with the Open Door and our ministry. Uh, Lee was the founding chair of Garfield Community Farms Board and really helped, in, especially in the early days, getting the farm um, up and running and uh, functioning in a way that it has been a, a bountiful and beautiful ministry um, now for 12 years. So we thank Lee for his work there and in so many other ways. He is a good friend and um, currently works for the, uh, the CCO, a college ministry that does work um, in, in col- on college campuses all over the country. Um, and Lee, uh, as I said, is an ordained Presbyterian pastor. So a uh, longtime farmer. Um, not only did he help start uh, Garfield Farm, but he grew up on a farm and continues to manage that family farm um, in uh, Butler County, even as he lives uh, full-time here in the city of Pittsburgh. Really great guy, interesting guy, and uh, this sermon, I think, will really bless you Um, As we near Christmas, Lee has a great way of going deeply into the scriptures and um, helping pull out these amazing nuggets of truth and blessing into our lives. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture because I forgot to hit record yesterday when Lee read it on the Zoom call. Um, But Lee's scripture kind of helps me remember that these words, God's word, um, is is for us. Uh, As I read it, know that these words are for you and for the blessing of our world, for all of us. Um, So listen uh, for the word of God inside of you as you hear these words. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. 
And now your, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who, has, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. months now we've endured a disruption to our lives that has seemingly upended everything. Now the holidays are always and often full of stress and distraction from the heart of the message of Christmas, but this year it feels different. This year we all seem a little more spent and a little closer to the ends of our ropes than previous experiences of Christmas. We are a weary people. Your particular weariness may be from your work. It may be from caring for children. It may be from missing family and friends. Your weariness may come from grief, the loss of friendships and relationships, the sting of death or the dull ache of loneliness. Your weariness may be from overwhelm and the inundation of so many new responsibilities with a feeling of no end in sight. No matter which way we cut it, we are weary. Our weariness may not be at the same level as others. Uh, It's easy for us to fall into a trap of comparison. But if you get to the end of the day and you ache from the work that you did or from the burdens that you bore, there's a weariness. We're finding a lot more resonance with what I would call the carols of gloom this year. For example, the amount of um, the amount of ministry newsletters and emails that I've seen borrow the words "a weary world rejoices" this year from "O Holy Night." Um, I've I've got at least five emails in my inbox from folks that that was the title of their newsletter. Um, similarly, others have pointed to the fifth verse of Longfellow's "Heard the Bells on Christmas Day." Yes, in despair, we have bowed our head. There is no peace on earth, we have said. But we lit a peace candle today. There was a rush of relief for me the other day when I heard the third verse to joy to the world, because no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. I long for that. The hymns and carols are doing some heavy lifting this year because our lived reality isn't one of peace. We are in the bleak midwinter. And it's in this place, this this barren winter wilderness, this place of confusion, this is a place where the Lord loves to show up. And we see that evident in the reaction of Mary when the angel Gabriel shows up announcing astounding news for her. 
This reading is um, so this reading is fascinating for a lot of reasons, but very little of it for what is written in English. Um, we are so familiar with this that you can just read Luke 1, 28 and 29, just as matter of fact, like for many of us would probably, as I was reading it, you might've conjured up images of Linus reading the, reading this from the peanuts Christmas, you know, it, it's become a part of our cultural like experience. Um, but this reading contains two words in verses 28 and 29 that are found only here. It's the only use of them in the whole New Testament. And I think it's important for us to spend some time with that. When Gabriel arrives before Mary and addresses her, he does so in a manner that communicates an honor unlike any other. The Greek word is kekaritamine, a word communicating tremendous honor, full of grace, favored one. No one else in the entire New Testament is honored in this way. It's possible for us to read the Christmas story so often that we miss how uniquely honored Mary is here. There is no one like her. And it's important for us to see Mary not as just a character in the Christmas story, but as a person so deeply worthy of honor and love that she was identified as such, unique among everyone else. There's, there's a beauty to that that just isn't captured in the, in the like normal reading of the Christmas story. Yet even in this state of honor, Mary is experiencing tremendous uncertainty. You know, you read the Christmas story enough times and just take it as a matter of fact that um, Mary is going to have this experience with the angel. But the arrival of Gabriel and the way that Gabriel addresses her is confusing. Who is she to deserve such praise? The word here, the other unique word, doesn't happen anywhere else. Diatarakthe. It's a confusion unknown. It's a level of confusion without biblical precedent. Mary's confusion is so uniquely destabilizing and bewildering. It is unprecedented, which is what everybody's been saying about this year. <laughs> uniquely destabilizing and bewildering, right? It sounds like the season of life that we both culturally and personally find ourselves in. A destabilized bewilderment of what we, where we find ourselves. Unique among everything else. We may not have had the angel Gabriel visit us, but we too can be bewildered. So I wonder how then do we respond to bewilderment? And as I spent time on this, I really, I felt like there were three ways that I have seen myself respond to bewilderment. You know, I, I can, I'll confess, like, I have, I have in despair bowed my head. There have been parts of this year that I've just felt overwhelmed by with everything around us. So there's a despair that we can get locked into. That's one way of doing it. There's a way of ignoring it. There's a way of ignoring bewilderment. There's a, 
there's been some significant pushback, it seems, on the the good vibes only mentality where we just set aside the um, the reality of what is in front of us and just ignore um, how challenging circumstances can be. But there's a third way of addressing the bewilderment that is before us by embracing it, which sounds hard because it is, but this is the pathway that is lit by that fourth advent candle, that one for peace, by addressing the bewildering news, Mary's coming to terms with the movement of God in her life. We're awaiting a similar movement. What we do in the season of Advent is we're responding to God's invitation to come deeper into the mystery of waiting upon the movement of the Lord. And we wait on that movement in two ways, through the Holy Spirit moving within us in the Spirit's mysterious manner and upon the promised return of Jesus. We aren't abandoned here. The scandal of Advent is that we're waiting on the return of a king. We need a reorientation from our bewilderment. Again, Mary has this characterized here. I wanna read again um, the latter part, the last two verses of this reading. Angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And for all of you folks who love Genesis, not the band, um, this is a callback to Sarah. When the angel visits Abraham and Sarah and says, for, for what is impossible with God? Again, here it is for nothing will be impossible with God. In both of these miraculous birth stories, this occurs. But I want to focus on what Mary's response is, because I think Mary's response holds a lot for us today. The English here says that Mary said, here am I, servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. So all of that all of that bewildering story and the response that we get here is just here am I servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. That seems pretty matter of fact. That seems, I mean, it's been cast as submissive is the response of Mary for that. Um, but I think we need to find some empathy with her position here because a, Addressed with an unprecedented level of bewilderment, Mary doesn't despair. She doesn't run from the angel. She doesn't shrink from what is before her. She doesn't just stick her head down and say, well, I guess I don't have a choice in the matter. Instead, what is said there, and I, I wish there was a better way for us to understand it, to say, here am I, that, that word is a do, right? I-D-O-U. You do in Greek, which basically is behold or um, stop, see what is right in front of you. Like this next statement is really important. 
it's a it's a pause it's a it's a break in the in the language to just say stop the next thing i'm about to say is really really important behold <clears throat> and then and then the response that she gives is let it be with me according to your word the verb there is genoito let it be with me according to your word mary's response is a reorientation one towards peace i think she's been mischaracterized as being in a posture of only submission instead should be a posture of reverence and peace because that's the movement we too are welcomed into we don't have to shrink from the fears that we are surrounded by in the bleakness of this moment. And make no mistake, it is a dark time. Each and every one of us is weathering something. In fact, tomorrow is the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, and traditionally a day on which many churches gather to remember that the season that is often characterized as merry and bright can truly be a season of painful memories and searing loss for many. You don't have to bury that. Mary tells us that today. You do not have to just set that aside. We don't have to act as if we don't see that. We don't have to ignore that. We don't have to run from that. We don't have to despair of that. We have to identify it. We have to say, do. Behold, that doesn't have the final word about what this season is for me. Edu and Genoito. Genoito, let it be with me according to your word. What on earth would inspire Mary to such a sense of peace? Maybe it's because that word is a trustworthy word. That word is a hopeful word. That word is one that can be trusted because God, God's word to us is a blessing. So our church is about praxis, right? In the face of in the face of what we run ourselves into in our day-to-day -day life, how how do we live into our faith? What can we do to live into our faith? Well, we've used breath prayer in the past. We've said Jesus prayer. We love means of moving closer in relationship to the Lord. And I just propose for you today Mary's prayer can be our prayer, right? We can say too, here am I. Here, here am I. Behold, let it be with me according to your word. There is a hope not, not built on just saying, you know, what'll be will be. That, that's not what Mary's saying here. Mary's communicating a deep and abiding sense of trust that the Lord who would send an angel to her and encounter her with tremendous bewilderment, who also calls her honored in such a way that no one else is honored, is somebody who can be trusted. So in our bewilderment, friends, I want to invite you into a breath prayer with this, of let it be with me according to your word. Because as we enter into this Christmas season, one that sure has a lot of lights but it's hard to find peace seek out that peace 
through a turning back towards the one who is trustworthy. Would you pray with me? Lord, this is a wearying time and we are a bewildered people searching for peace, lighting candles in hope, recognizing that sometimes, Lord, Advent is descriptive, often it is prescriptive, but always it is aspirational. And so we ask you, Lord, send your peace upon us, have mercy upon us, that we would be able to also say, behold, let it be with me according to the word that you have given to us, a word of love, of peace, and of honor. Thanks for listening. Um, our music, as usual, is written by, written and performed by this side of Eve, which is Alyssa Creasy, my wife, and myself. Um, we're releasing a new album. You can get it um, at our website, thissideofeve.com. Check it out. I'm really excited about it. It's available for pre-order now.